Our next speaker is Brian Ruka. Brian. My name is Brian Ruka, and my son is a fifth grader at the Kenny Elementary School in Dorchester. Um, my wife and I are concerned about a recent assignment given to the fifth grade um, during English language class. The 10 and 11-year-old children were given a story titled The Gender Reveal. They had to read the story and comprehend it. If you're not familiar with the story, it's about a, son, a soon-to-be 13-year-old boy named Malcolm. Throughout the story, Malcolm discusses being nervous about telling his friends and family that he will be identifying as non-binary. It is also specifically mentioned that Malcolm has already come out to everybody as gay years ago. At what grade level are children being taught about sexual orientation and the controversial topic of gender identity, which is also known by the term gender dysphoria? When were these topics inserted into the curriculum? I remember being informed when Common Core Math was introduced. Why weren't parents notified about an assignment that focused 100% on a child's plan to arbitrarily decide to change his sex? Does the school committee believe that BPS English teachers have the appropriate training to handle topics that venture into the sexual neighborhood of sexual orientation and sexual biology? I spoke with the director of training and accommodations from the Office of Equity earlier this week. She informed me that she determined that this material was not considered to be sexual health education and that it is not considered and that it is considered age appropriate. To that, I say shame on her and shame on this committee for determining what is age appropriate for my child. My child is a, is a statistic to you. Your job is to teach our children how to read and write, how to add and subtract. It's not to indoctrinate children into a radical progressive worldview. We can all agree that two plus two equals four. We clearly do not all agree on the definition of male and female. This material has no business being introduced to elementary school students. I was told that this topic is considered the same as race and religion. How would the committee react if this story was about a 13-year-old that suddenly found Jesus Christ? How about a child that was excited to attend the March for Life? I suspect you would hear more of a backlash. Do conservative religious families have to just shut up and take it because we are in the minority? Where is the equity for us? Where is our inclusion? It's a sad time in our society when adult educators use their status and influence to focus on a political agenda at the expense of our kids. Get back to teaching our children the truth, not an ideology. I pray that God will give you the strength to do what is right. Thank you for your time. Dad, what are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Come on, Dad, what are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong. I am your host for today, Brian Ruka. And with me, as always, over there is Juice. Producer Juice, Juice Manzada. That wasn't much of an introduction. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. I do have to say, you guys aren't quite doing your homework for me, though. Um, I lost a Twitter follower, I think. Last week I said I had 35. I'm down to 34. What's going on with that stuff, people? Come on. Tell your friends about us, please. Get some follows for us. Well, I shouldn't say us. My man over there, Juice, sitting at 92 followers. Uh, I'm still lame. Okay. I mean, something's wrong with this picture here. Like when Costanza's uh, secretary was making more money than he was, right? I mean, come on. Whose name is on the show here? 34 to 92? Man, you guys are killing me. Well, DDRuka617 is my Twitter handle. You obviously know Juice is over there. Is at Juicebox1423. We're all over the place. You, see, you know we have the Facebook page. If you ever want to shoot us an email... We're right and wrong, all one word, 617 at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, come on, give us a shout. Let us know what you think of the show and, and spread us around. Tell your friends, follow us, all that good stuff. The topics we're going to hit today, we got some great ones on hand for you. We're going to talk about the leadership in this country and how much of a laughing stock we must be out there to the rest of the world. We're going to talk about how Queen Wu is at it again. This time fighting with people in the North End. And to close out the topics, we're going to have the Supreme Court hearings from Judge Jackson and see if she can answer a simple question for us. In the Come On Man segment, we're going to go right back to that Disney well 
And we're going to talk about the All Hands on Deck meeting and play you some of the audio that leaked from there just the other night. So stick around because this is going to be a fun one today. I'm fired up. Juice is fired up. And I hope you're fired up because now it is showtime, baby. Showtime! Woo! 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 Love that Ric Flair drop, man. Never going to get tired of that. Great work on that, Juice. So getting back to those comments you heard uh, before the, the wonderful theme song that we have, that, if you couldn't tell, was me addressing the Boston Public School Committee. I really want to focus in on, on some of the stuff that I, that I brought up towards the end of what I was saying, specifically the uh, religion aspect of things. There is no chance in hell that the Boston public school system would allow an English teacher to assign a story to the children that was about a child, a 13-year-old child who found Jesus Christ. You know, I know it. They would never let a story like that make it in. What if it was a conservative cause? I mean, gender ideology, we all know it's a, it's a liberal, leftist, progressive ideology. They're inserting that into the into an English class with the story there, absolutely ridiculous. But then they have the, the nerve to tell me, the diversity department, they tell me that uh, gender ideology falls in the same spectrum as race, religion, and sexual orientation. Okay, well, are you presenting gender ideology as a belief, the way you present religion? If you are presenting an ideology, why aren't you presenting it to them as just a belief? It's a religious belief. And it, it really is the religious of the religion of progressivism. It just boggles my mind that this stuff is taking over the schools and we don't even notice. The reason I keep going back to the well with this topic and the reason I, I like to talk about it so much is because I believe that not enough of the parents realize that this is that this was going on. I mean, we're here. I live in Dorchester in the city of Boston here in I know, like it seems to me, people that are from here, city people, none of us are in favor of that type of stuff. This is all coming from the the Chicago political machine that that gave us Presley and Wu. So it's not the I don't think it's the parents. You know, we have some we have some of those those yuppie parents that you might be able to pick them out in the crowd when they're when we're all picking up our kids. But you'd be surprised sometimes can't judge a book by its cover right maybe some people think the exact same thing as me i just think we're all too polite and we all we we all worry that oh man if i if i kind of point out that this is crazy that they're, they're teaching this in school is this other parent gonna think i'm like a bigot or a sexist or a transphobe or, or whatever and and we've gone down that well before we just need to get over that because our kids are more important than a little bit of our pride and our feelings I was thinking about some of this stuff the other day when me and Ashley went to uh, a reggae show, and it was like two weeks ago now, but one of our favorite reggae musicians, Mighty Mystic, he played uh, at the Paradise Rock Club, and it was a great show. It was awesome. Me and Ashley were there. Like we were, I, I'll be honest. I was a little nervous going into it because I was like, Ash, we're going to look uh, out of place here. We're, we're getting close to 40 years old now. We're not 25 anymore, 20, 24, 25, 26, when we first started going to these these shows uh, for Mighty Mystic. Juice Box over there used to be holding it down right in the front row with me every single time. But it, it was amazing. We, we had a blast. Instead of going front row like we used to do, we kind of hung in the uh, balcony section, posted up with, uh, with, with a place to, to hang out and, and enjoyed the show. But the way this relates to the gender ideology is that, like, I swear to God, during the show, I'm looking around, I see the, the guy who's performing from Jamaica, you look around the crowd, there's white people, black people, Spanish, or uh, are they Latinx, Latinx? I don't know if anybody at the show would probably even know what that meant, but all sorts of races, age groups varied. There was an 80-something-year-old guy right in the front like he held down the front row still but they looked like they were like flower power chat uh kids they're just they're dressed like hippies and you get all different walks of life that were in there 
we come together it was it was it was nice to be there for like the love of of music right it's a it's a uniter i don't care what you're you're if you're a democrat republican independent what you think of trump what you think of some of the stuff that biden's doing whatever like we're all there having fun at a show right enjoying the music enjoying the vibe but i can't help but think while i'm in there nobody in here if they if there is 10 percent of the crowd maybe would be okay with this gender ideology with with teaching this to fifth graders and younger i would love to pick everybody's brain that was in there and and make it personal with people you know go up to somebody go up to the to the artist performing hey do you feel comfortable if your child was told at 11 and 10 years old that they could change their sex if they feel like it and to me i just think that that is just such a common sense issue that it's a uniter you know we could disagree on everything else politically but can we at least find common ground there we need to be able to agree uh, on this point at least and we gotta rally together in order to put an end to it because this is going to cause some serious serious long-term psychological problems and the more encouraged it is the more worshipped it becomes the more praise that people get who who come out as quote-unquote trans then more people are going to start doing it more kids are going to going to see that kids are impressionable they're going to see that and and they're going to want that attention to and want to do it so to me this is the most important issue of our time right now it really is it's so simple it's such common sense we all know the truth and how to do how to deal with it we just don't want to be the bad guy well razor ramon didn't mind being the bad guy worked out all right for him okay i read something uh pretty interesting in in a book by matthew kelly he's uh he he writes about a lot about catholic religion faith all that good stuff he wrote one of the most powerful influences on thought is the material we choose to read reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body and prayer is to the soul reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body and prayer is to the soul i think that's amazing i love it that right there is why it's so important that we know what our children are reading, that we approve of what our children are reading, and that we have a say in when and how a radical, radical ideology gets introduced to our children. What they're reading is going to influence their thoughts, their mind, their worldview. So we need to band together on this one. All right. Let's get into the topics for the day. Juice. All right. And don't forget, actually, if anybody here signs up for the Daily Wire because of what me and Juice tell you guys about, all the great content we get from them, all the great information they, they send out there, and the battles that they're willing to fight, if you sign up for the Daily Wire... Because you heard about it here on the Right and Wrong Show. Make sure you send those people an email afterwards. Let them know. Brian Ruka and Juice Manzata sent you guys. And uh, hopefully they'll start to recognize who we are. So this story right here is going to be a, a pretty fun one. I've been looking forward to this since I started show prepping with my man over there. So I've been thinking a lot about the chain of command in our federal government, right? The leadership that we have in place. We got senile old Grandpa Joe. We got cackling Carmella. And we got plastic surgery Nancy holding things down. That's the chain of command if, God forbid, anything happened to, to these people. I don't know if anybody knows that. I can't explain why exactly. I'm still a little confused on the why the speaker of the, of the House takes over, but I digress. So... If Biden, something happens to him, he has to leave office, God forbid he dies, Kamala Harris takes over. Something happens to her, she needs to leave office, God forbid she dies, 
Nancy Pelosi takes over. What a trifecta that is, huh? I mean, they must be shaking in their boots over there in Russia and China with these people in control. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, this is a great idea from Grandpa Joe. Why don't you take a listen to, to his vision for the future? And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. <laughs> when this guy speaks, it is, it's beyond cringeworthy now. It's literally embarrassing. It is horrible. I don't understand how people thought Trump was not polished enough. Trump wasn't, wasn't savvy. He wasn't, you know, he was too curt. So they'd rather this? This guy's a joke. He's a laughingstock. I mean, I think he's trying to, to reinvent the NWO circa uh, 1990, what, five or something? He's trying to, trying to contact Eric Bischoff. Before we know it, we're going to see Joe reenacting this. And I think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of this man, this man, and you want to put yourself in this group, you've got to be kidding me. Well, the first thing you got to realize, brother, is this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Your president, Mr. Joe Biden, wants to join. He wants to be the third member in. He wants that spot. He pictures himself right in the ring getting Coke cans and bottles and, and napkins and popcorn thrown at him as the whole crowd boos. He sees himself with uh, an American flag with the NWO spray painted in black right over it, walking, walking into the Oval Office. Or maybe strutting in with that song playing. Yep, that's your president there. I mean, at least the timing's right, huh? It is WrestleMania week. So, Mania uh, is a two-night extravaganza that starts on Saturday. So, maybe he was just trying to tap into the wrestling market a little bit. He's trying to relate to the younger generation, maybe, huh? I don't know. Like, uh, he might might be onto something. I mean, President Trump was uh, was a big wrestling guy before he got into politics, right? He had that hair match against Vince McMahon before. He hosted WrestleMania four and five, I think, at Trump Plaza in AC. So, I don't know. Maybe Biden's trying to tap into that well. So something happens to him. He gets booted from the NWO. We're left with this one right here. Want to take a listen to our friend, Vice President Kamala Harris. See what, what great takes she might have to bring to the table for us. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. Cut it off there for a second. Passage of time. Why don't you try taking a drink every time she says that, huh? She's up to like, what, four or five of them already? 15 seconds into the clip? She like me with society in my first episode? Who knows? All right, all right, keep going with it. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. Oh, yeah, a day in the life of our children. The passing of time, the passage of time, with the passage of time all the way to the passage of time. Whoa, I don't know what we're going to do about the passage of time when we see the passage of time or hear the passage of time or return to the passage of time. <laughs> it is absolutely absurd. I mean, I think she's about this close to uh, to finally snapping. She's going to lose it one of these days. I don't know. She's going to get stumped. With, uh, with a speech or a question or whatever, and maybe she'll start uh, reacting like, like this guy did. I choose business ethics. Mm. Mr. Gordon, 
explain business ethics and how they are applied today. The uh, ethics of uh, business can be summarized in... Uh... Yeah, um... See, uh, ethics are... Uh... You know, the, the, the thing about ethics... Oh, I love that one. How can you not laugh at that, right? I love how you hear the boo as he's like, uh, before he gets to start stuttering through the question or stuttering through his answer, I should say. It's amazing. I, I crack up every time with it. But that's Carmela Harris right there for you. She is like Eric Gordon from Billy Madison. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I don't know which one she'd rather be. She, she's either either that guy, when you're stumped and you're not sure what you're supposed to say, just keep repeating something while you're trying to buy yourself time, thinking of an answer. The thing about ethics, you see, ethics are, you know, business ethics. That's our passage of time. The passage of time. Oh, man, what am I supposed to be thinking? What am I supposed to be saying? In the passage of time, with the passage of time. Come on, Carmella, in her own head. Get it. Get on with it. You've already hit the passage of time part. How? Like that's what's going on up there. It is absolutely absurd. She's ridiculous. And if she's not sounding like that guy, if she's not sounding like uh, Eric from Billy Madison, then she's she's explaining something to uh, people like their children. The way the way Sandler reads the puppy who lost his way right before that, right. That's how she told everybody about Russia and Ukraine. You see, the puppy, society, has no longer lost its way. That, my friend, was the revolution. <laughs> Whatever he says. Oh, man. These people are ridiculous. So if anything happens to her, if she fails, steps down, whatever, then we're on to the poet over there. The poet from California, the ice cream lady, the one who gets her hair done when everything's locked down, Miss Nancy Pelosi. I'm sure you guys have heard this one already. From the darkness that lives in some men, but in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear to drive out those old snakes once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. And she said that that came from Bono, who is Irish or whatever. I forget exactly what she said. Everybody, everybody uh, equates Bono with I- Irish Day or something. It was, she butchered that just like I am right now. But anyways, that was absurd. You see how she really emphasizes every one of those stupid rhymes too? It's about time that we listen to her rhyme. She sounds like the uh like Andre the Giant in 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 Amigo Montoya and Princess Bride with the rhyme game they're doing there. Stop, no more rhyming. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? Like, she is horrible. I mean, I think she would have been better off if she just stood up there and maybe recited this poem for us instead. It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. (laughs) Okay, Pookie. I don't care what you say, that is the best character in Caddyshack right there. Judge Smales for you. Oh, love that. That is the best. You hear the way he's rhyming all that stuff? But a, but a sale worthwhile is a lot to smile when his shorts are too tight. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Pelosi sounded exactly like that. Oh, so good. Ted Knight. But that ladies and gentlemen, are the type of people we have in control of this country right now. It's a long way from uh, George Washington and, and Jefferson and Madison and all the founding fathers. It's a long way from there. 
Even the Adamses. We'll throw them in there too. John and John Quincy Adams. Even those guys. We've come a long way in this country with the type of people that we have in control and in power. The type of people that we prop up as influential, as important. There's really something wrong in this country that those three people right there are arguably the three most important people in our federal government right now. It's a joke. All right. And don't forget, guys. Come on. You got to tell your friends about us. Spread us around. If you happen to have a good Twitter presence, like a lot of the people I follow on there, keep sharing our stuff with people, please. Anybody else, you guys uh, that listen to us on, on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Throw a little comment in there for us. Get those numbers soaring, please. Hit the follow thing. All that good stuff. Just don't do what Mr. XXXXXXXXL did and give us a great compliment. A, a verbal tip is what we used to call it back in, in my restaurant days. Gives us a nice written review, but then two stars us. I mean, luckily, I think the guy went and changed it because he might. I think he's up to a five star now. But that was like the people I used to wait on that. Oh, great service. Great service. Oh, thank you so much. That was awesome. 15%. <laughs> Oh, man. But that's okay. That's okay. I know we got a little bit of an older demographic here at times, so the technology type of stuff might not be the easiest thing to to figure out. Hey, and that goes for Bass, too. Kid couldn't figure out how to write a comment. I still think he's leaving us hanging, but whatever. All right. So you guys heard about this story? Queen Wu, mayor mandate, at it again. The mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, is clashing with the restaurant owners of the North End in Boston. Small little, anybody who doesn't know, it's a small little area uh, right in the right in downtown Boston. It's, it's a big Italian community. Everything, it's all Italian restaurants, people that have been there for generations. It's a real tight-knit community. So once this COVID nonsense stuff uh, started, the old mayor, Mayor Walsh, put into effect an outdoor dining type of situation to allow restaurants to try and remain open and gave them like space out on on the sidewalks or even um out on the street people could like a lot of these restaurants could make makeshift little patio sections so you've seen it all over the city it's happening everywhere and that's been in place since covid started you know and they've just continued it on each year and that was something that the city did to kind of try to be nice at least for stealing so much business or preventing them from making money during the pandemic and killing their businesses. So it was a simple, you know, it was a little gesture like, Hey, you know what? We'll try and let you, let you use this space outside. You can, you can, you'll be able to accommodate more people with the, with the six feet nonsense and, and all these things. So all these restaurants started doing it. They did them everywhere. Like I said, personally, I'm all set with them. I am sick of this stuff. I think they look horrible. I think it's like, I don't know how anybody would want to sit out at some of these ones. We have one down the street from me that uh, is right at like a bus stop. So it's it's ridiculous. You're sitting there eating a burger or something with the, with the exhaust from a bus going right in your face or whatever. Like they, I think that they look stupid. I think they're annoying. I don't know why people want to eat like on a sidewalk and stuff like that. But to each his own. My problem, and, and what I agree with these these people in the North End, is now Mayor Wu told them that she wants to charge them seventy five hundred. I think it is, yeah, seventy five hundred dollars for the for the privilege that she would be providing to her subjects to put a patio section outside of their their restaurants. She doesn't want to institute this anywhere else in the city. Nowhere else that there's restaurants that, that they're allowing this dining to happen. They're not going to be charged that fee. So I don't know why, you know, she's completely targeting this one specific area of the city, the North End. And based on the comments she made a couple weeks ago about white problems she has to deal with, I don't know if that, ha- if that plays into it at all with this being a, a 
Italian community. So is that why she's picking on them? I don't know. It doesn't look good, though. And it's once again another landmine that this uh, this tyrannical queen is trying to place on her subjects. I don't know what she thought she was getting into here, but none of these stories end up playing well for her. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She's surrounded with kiss asses and yes men that are telling her she's she's in her little echo chamber that, oh, yeah, it's a great idea, great idea. And then she actually sees and hears what people have to say. She sees the real people out there. Or she she maybe sees this video here by a guy named Christian uh, something. I, I couldn't pronounce the last name. I probably could if I gave it a try. But the last name ended in a vowel, so... Uh, I think that's proof enough that the man's Italian and seems that he has a restaurant in the North End. But this is the, uh, I think it was a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live, one of those, whatever. This guy, Christian, posted this this video, and <laughs> it's amazing. So take a listen to this. What's going on, my little snappy turtles? Happy Thursday. So some of you might saw on the news yesterday, um, all of the North End restaurants, we had a meeting, the press was there. And we, as one neighborhood, are uniting and are gonna fight the Wu train. Her and her piece of government surroundings, we're gonna put them out. We're not standing for their We're not getting extorted by their fees. So the people who wanna come to the North End, the want that outside dining experience, they're trying to hinder hold on hold on hold on sorry juice sorry i don't mean to cut cut you off with that one but is that there's nothing more boston than that right there huh (laughs) you hear that they're out there they're 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 trying to hinder they're trying to hinder oh i love it all right sorry go ahead keep going keep going we're fighting back and we're fighting back as one okay but you know what makes me like not understand this whole thing a little bit? When the riots were going on, you remember this? The riots, and they, they were breaking into uh, all the um, all the stores in Newberry Street and Boylston Street. They were lighting fires. They were lighting cop cars on fire. They were breaking windows and stealing everywhere. All around Boston. You know where nobody went? That's right. To the North End. Because we protect our our area, and people know better to come in our area and up. So, woo, in all of your little puppets around you, remember, you weren't in office at that time, but nobody comes to the North End and pushes us around. Understand that. Do your research. Amen, brother. Amen. Do your research. It's almost like uh, Eddie Anderman back in the day on sports radio telling uh, telling the callers, do not come to class unprepared, caller. Oh, I'll never get sick of that one, though, Christian. Once again, uh, thank you to the Boston First Responders United Twitter handle, Twitter page, whatever you call these things, for posting that one. They find the best stuff. Uh, definitely worth a follow, and please support their cause. They're another group that's just trying to Stand up for the everyday person. We all know that the Democrats, the progressives, the left, they don't like the the working man anymore. They don't like the middle of the road people. They don't believe in it. They either want you in the 1%, they want you in the, in the wealthy elite class that they're in, in the circle they run in, or they want you poor. They want you poor and dependent on them. They don't, they don't care, for, care about jobs. They try to, they, they've hijacked the, care about the job and the working man thing because they they're in bed with the union leadership they're not in bed with the with the everyday worker right it's all these people that are in control of the unions working with these democrats that want to pretend that they're pro-union but they're really not they're just pro-donors they know that the that the union boss will be able to get his whole crew to go and vote for these people they're going to hold the type of money that these union workers can make over their heads to make them vote for these leftist progressives. The union leadership, they, uh, they understand that as long as these politicians keep giving them raises and, uh, and a lot of money to do the types of jobs they do, 
they're not going to speak out about these types of issues. They're not going to speak out about the social issues. That, again, is what needs to end, people. We can't sell our soul. In developing news when it comes to this story, too, just the other day, I think it was yesterday, Mayor Wu tried to do, she, she had a press conference set up at City Hall, and at the last minute, she changed it from like a larger capacity room to like a real smaller one, and that did not sit well with a group from the North End that wanted to come and listen to what she had to say about this topic. So when they weren't allowed in, when they were upset that they couldn't be in the room live during this press conference that the mayor was going to have, they went outside of her office instead and were talking to the this is their secretary, and, and you can see like there's Boston police officers all standing around up there too. But I know Juice was working on finding that clip. So, uh, you know, if you got it, do you got it there? No? No? All right. No worries. No worries. Like I said, if you follow any of those people on uh, on Twitter, the Boston First Responders United, or uh, another great one is Boston Mom. She's all over the place, too. Very, uh, very good stuff coming out of that Twitter page. Look up either one of them on Twitter, and you'll be able to find this. These people are 100% right. She's not allowing them in. She's not listening to everybody. And, and apparently, she, she's making some concessions now that she'll allow any of these restaurants to, to pay the 7500 over the course of five months instead of just an upfront fee. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, ruler. Thank you, mayor mandate. Oh, wow. We can just pay it over time. You are so generous to us. We'll never question you again. And I think that she was going to do like a reduced rate based on some capacities and stuff like that. Bottom line, it's not good enough. Do the same rules for everybody, okay? If they got to pay, make them pay everywhere else too. Or better yet, like I said, sorry that I feel this way, but could just do away with these stupid uh, street patios anyways and we wouldn't have a problem. You could lift your COVID nonsense too, because that's what played into all of this. Stupid COVID restrictions. All right? We've had enough of woo. Let's move on to the third and final topic of the day. All right, so are any of you familiar with the Supreme Court hearings that have been going on for the uh, Supreme Court nominee that Biden has? What's her name? Uh, Katanja Brown Jackson? Judge Jackson? Anybody uh, paying attention to some of that stuff? I mean, I'm sure, depending on the news station you watch, you've gotten two completely different experiences. So what I want to focus on are not the kiss-ass glowing pats on the back that she received from Cory Booker. What a disgrace and a joke that was. Looked like a five-year-old trying to get an autograph from from his favorite baseball player or something. But... What I want to talk about and what I want to focus on is the issue at hand. What I say earlier, it might be the biggest issue. It, it is to me. It's the biggest issue of my time. Just one very simple question, and it's our favorite question of the moment right now. What is a woman? Take a listen to this. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. And and notice how I said ladies and gentlemen, not people and people, persons of, of all kinds, whatever the hell they want to change it to these days. That right there is somebody that's going to be on the highest court in the land. It's only nine spots for that. One of nine people that are going to be there that are going to be called upon to make the ultimate judgment 
on some very important issues, very important topics, things that go up to the Supreme Court have a major impact on our lives, on, on the society in the country that we live in. And this woman can't tell you what a woman is. She was praised for her nomination because she's a woman and because she's a woman of color. But she doesn't even know what a woman is or she's unwilling to tell us. She's either a complete moron, which would make her unqualified to serve on the Supreme Court, or she's just lying and and being disingenuous with her answer because she's where she is today because of her stance and her strong belief in this radical, radical progressive ideology. So no way is she going to say something that's going to jeopardize that movement. She would rather sit there in front of the American people and look like an idiot for not being able to simply answer what a woman is. She's okay with the, with the backlash she's going to get on that. She's willing to humiliate herself and to tell you, <laughs> I'm not a biologist. See you later. Go pound sand, Judge Jackson, okay? This is absolutely absurd. And I'm sorry for the people who don't think that something like that is relevant. She says right there in her answer that she's going to have to make rulings and decisions based on something that's brought to her, something that's put in front of her. Okay, well, as we can see, this gender nonsense is taking over our country. You don't think there's going to be some cases that might make it to the Supreme Court where she's going to have to know in her head what a woman is? Of course there's going to be. So she knows the answer. She's just unwilling to say it. And that's just as dangerous as not knowing the answer. Because if she can't be honest and reasonable with that, how are you going to expect her to be honest and reasonable as a judge on the Supreme Court? When the question shifted gear from that, the Republican senators really started focusing in on her leniency when it comes to sentencing of child pornographers. Yes, child pornographers. She's gone extremely light with some of her sentencing, her rulings, well below the required sentencing passed down by Congress. So take a listen to this one. She's being asked about that. You said to him, this is a truly difficult situation. I appreciate that your family's in the audience. I feel so sorry for them and for you and for the anguish this has caused all of you. I feel terrible about the collateral consequences of this conviction. And then you go on to say sex offenders are truly shunned in our society. I'm just trying to figure out, Judge, is he the victim here or the victims the victims? (laughs) Uh, It's a good one too, right? She's talking about the, the defendant. She's talking about the criminal who's being charged and feeling sorry for him, painting it like he's a victim too. I love it. I love that uh, Senator Howley drops the, is he the victim or the victims the victims here? <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's so true. Like in, in, in such a roundabout way, she kept trying to explain that, that the sentencing guidelines, right, they were put in place at a time before the internet. So she kept trying to say that, um, you know, back before the internet, someone had to physically mail, like, these pictures, stuff like that, the disgusting pornography. They had to put it in the mail and mail it to somebody or, or, you know, I don't know how you ordered it or whatever, order it like that. So the sentencing guidelines, from what she thinks, were based on, like, how many pieces of, like, child porn you had, like, physical copies, hand from the mail or whatever. So the point she tried to make is if somebody only has five creepy kid porn pictures, they're not as bad as someone who has a thousand of them, right? They're not as heinous and blah, 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 whatever she was, like, trying to say. I mean, five or a thousand, go away for life castrate them put them away don't have sympathy for them like this lady 
But that was her point. That was that's what she was trying to hang on. And she keeps going. So those guidelines now, if with one click of of a of a mouse, one click of the computer, this person could send thousands of images or receive them through a download. That is against the spirit of those guidelines because it was only one click or one act and they got all of these pictures because of the world we live in now. And that's her rationale behind it. That's what she's trying to stick with. And letter of the law, I'm sure I'll take her word for it that that was the idea behind these sentencing guidelines when they were in effect. I don't care if they're not changed yet. They're still there, judge. So use them. I don't care if it's one click or if it's a thousand clicks. Put these people away for the maximum amount of time you can. And let the politicians decide if that needs to be changed, if that ruling needs to be um, treated differently. But you, as the judge, you have the power to decide what to do on that. And you chose to go lenient on child pornographers. You chose to go soft on people that had kitty porn. It's disgusting. And the fact that you try to justify it with a technicality, letter of the law kind of ex- explanation is a joke. You had the ability to put this person away for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and you chose nine months or you chose a slap on the wrist. It's disgusting. And the American people should know about that. We know you're going to get confirmed, but they should know that that is the type of person that you are, Judge Jackson. This is just radical, radical stuff. And it ties in with all the stuff we, we've talked about all episode. It starts in the fifth grade with this gender ideology nonsense in an English class. And it continues throughout their education into college, into their law schools, and into into their professional world circle, They're in, into their social circles once they graduate from these places. And that produces people like Judge Jackson right there. That is somebody who's gotten this stuff ingrained into her brain throughout the career that she had, throughout the education system that she went through to get the type of education that she has. That has produced this worldview, and it's not good. And I can't say it enough that they're trying to get to our kids as early as they can. She's worried about the well-being and the fairness displayed to the person who has this disgusting pornography. Why don't you worry about the kids Why don't you put these people away for a long period of time? So hopefully, hopefully, it deters other people from doing this. I'm sorry, Judge Jackson. I'm sorry, Judge Jackson. All right, Juice, you ready for this? Before we head on to the old uh, Come On Man segment, just want to throw it out there and let everybody know that the Right and Wrong Show is accepting sponsorships. If anybody wants to advertise with us, please send us an email, rightandwrong617 at gmail.com, and maybe we could work something out, okay? Give the old uh, Come On Man sponsored by dot, 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 dot. Could be you. So today, we're going to go right back to the Disney well. They just had, apparently, an all-hands-on-deck kind of a meeting, a big Zoom webinar type of thing, because they want to continue with their crying and whining about the bill in Florida that does not say, don't say gay, anywhere in it. So they're still upset about this, and take a little bit of a listen to what we got lined up for you. Um... Before we play the clips, actually, sorry. We got these from Christopher Rufo on Twitter. I think he was the one who actually broke this stuff. Um, I don't know how he got the videos, 
but videos were were the the videos that he put up on Twitter are all leaked from this Disney event with all their uh, higher ups, and some of the stuff that they're saying in there is horrifying. Maybe horrifying is an exaggeration, because the worst part about all of this is I could care less if you're gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, whatever. Just don't force it upon my kids, that's all. And I don't know, like, what happened in our society that everybody's sexual preference needed to be shoved down your throat. It is what it is, okay? Like, if you happen to be part of any one of these communities that they say, LGBTQ plus equals divided by greater than, less than, exclamation point. If you identify in any of those things or you fall into any of these categories, you're in a subcategory. It's traditionally not the norm, right? The traditional norm in this country still is for men to date women and marry women and vice versa. Doesn't mean that men don't marry men, women don't marry women. All it means is that for the most part, for the common community that we live in, the majority identify like this. So when we're reaching a broad audience, if you're a company that's making movies and films or, or shows, content that you want to be consumed by a wide range of audiences, you don't try to specifically appeal to these little subcategories of people. You don't. They're not a big enough percentage of the population that you need to try and appease every little group. Why don't you take a listen first here what the corporate president had to say. I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child. Um um, and one pansexual child. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, Juice. One transgender child and one pansexual child? What language are we speaking here? Come on. Sorry, keep going. And and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, uh, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And, and, and yet we don't have enough leads. I don't know. I mean, I just think they're going over the top with this stuff. They're trying way too hard to try and plant it into every little piece of content that they have. I mean, come on. She's saying like, like whatever, like there, there wasn't a lead character or something like that. And then she, I think she says that um, they tried to always put characters like that, that identified as gay and queer or whatever into Disney movies. They've been doing that or something. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just, like I said earlier, I don't think, um, I don't think someone's sexual preference or whatever needs to be like the highlight or the most important part of a character or, or of a person by making this character, by making a character in a Disney movie or whatever, a like, like their most important feature being that they're gay or queer or non-binary or whatever it might be. You're, you're dehumanizing them right off the bat. You're saying that's the, that's the important thing about this person. doesn't matter. They're, they're, mind their heart their their intentions what they what they doesn't matter who they are it just matters what they are 
you've reduced them down to a what instead of a who. And she talks about like something about like gay characters before. And if there were, yeah, I'm sure there, I'm sure there were, that's true, but it wasn't like flashing like a neon sign. Like, look over here. This person is gay. We're representing them. I mean, Timon and Pumbaa, weren't they gay? I don't know. Pinocchio, I always thought was gay, right? Who else? Everyone says Elsa is is a lesbian, so that's okay. I mean, they made LeFou gay in the uh, Beauty and the Beast live action thing. Who else? They got Sebastian. Wasn't he gay? I don't know. So I think they they have a lot of representation, and it's just not the most important part of that character. It doesn't make them who they are. It doesn't define that character in their shows. And they're going down a slippery slope when they're going to start trying to fit every little thing into a box that's going to try and make everybody pleased because it's just not going to happen. And and you're alienating the majority of your consumer base to appease a, a very, very small category of people. Take a listen to this one. I think uh, I think this lady is the diversity, um, yeah, Disney diversity and inclusion manager. This is what she had to say. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those, those recorded messages. And so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. And so I love the fact that it's opened up the creativity, the opportunity for our cast members to look at that. We, we have our cast members working with merchandise, working with food and beverage, working with, with all of our guest facing areas where perhaps, you know, we, we want to create that magical moment with our cast members, with our guests. And we don't want to just assume because someone might be um, in, in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female, that they may not want to be called princess. So let's think differently about how do we really engage with our guests in a meaningful and inclusive way that makes it magical and memorable for everyone. Unbelievable with this stuff, huh? I mean, Michael Knowles nailed it the best when he, he wrote a book called Speechless, Controlling Thoughts, Controlling Minds. Ding! And it was all about how the left and the uh, progressives, they all try to just change meanings of words. They, they try, to, try to just make words fall into a category that they use. They, they, they use words in a way that they're the only ones who can understand them. The words don't work for the general population. So you hear what she said there? No more. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> They're going to start going. Good evening, people. Good evening, everyone of everything. Good evening, humans of all kinds. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if anything, if they're going to make the change, why don't you just start saying every everybody then? Don't make it so broad. Say, good evening, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, lesbians, pansexuals, gender nonconforming, non-binaries, queer, gay, and not sure what else. <laughs> but why don't they just say that? Can, can we have your attention, please? It'll take them 15 minutes just to, just to make an introduction. We've, we've provided training for all cast members to stop referring to people <laughs> as boys and girls or ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yep. This is the world we live in. This is 2022. And, and now do we understand why it's so important to stand up and speak about these things on the local level, to notice them when they're going on in our own school districts, why it's so important to to be involved with this kind of thing and, and why this is the most important issue of our time right now. That's why they want, they want to steal the culture. They want to indoctrinate our children to satisfy some sort of perverse sexual weirdness that they hold. I mean, come on the, the first, the, the first woman there with the 
pansexual and and what a bisexual child. I, I forget what she said now, but uh, like, how do two of your kids end up identifying like this? I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Were they just an anomaly that a family like that would have two children within that same household end up subjecting themselves to something like this or, or fall victim to this ideology? Of course, it's not a coincidence. This lady forced that upon her own children. That's how they turned out like that. And that's what's going on. And it's sickening. I don't understand why we're okay with this. So I guess the last thing I have to say about it is diversity lady, Disney lady president there. All I have to say to you is come on, man. And that should just about do it on today's show. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. Juice. Great job on the production side of things. Can't wait to talk to you guys all next week. Don't forget. Give us a follow on Twitter, please. Uh, Subscribe to our page. Like us everywhere you see us. Tell your friends about us. Spread it around. And contact us if you want to sponsor the Come On Man segment. Until next week, my name is Brian Ruka. That is producer Juice over there. And we will talk to you next week on the Right and Wrong Show. Thanks for having me. show is produced by juice executive producer juice audio mixer is juice hair by skull shavers wardrobe and makeup by ashley ruka right and wrong song created by juice the right and wrong show is copyright 2022 from brian ruka